Hello, Cryptonauts. Today is September 8th, 2020. On today's episode of Cryptocurrency Chat, we're going to talk about the top 10 daily stats as well as your crypto news of the day. I am your host, Blockchain John. Cryptonauts. First reminder, we do have a Discord channel available for cryptocurrency chat, in which I will leave a link in the description below. If you're interested in collaborating with me on my podcast, you can reach out to me through that Discord app, or you can leave me a voice message through the Anchor app. With that said, let's get started with your top 10 daily stats. Starting off with Bitcoin, settling at $10,082.20 for a 1.8% loss. Second place, Ethereum, settling at $336.09 for a 3% loss. Third place, USDT Tether, settling at $1.01 for a 0.1% loss. Fourth place, XRP Ripple, settling at $0.23 for a 1.8% loss. Fifth place, Chainlink, settling at $11.67 for a 5.8% loss. Sixth place, Bitcoin Cash, settling at $223.03 for a 1.7% loss. Seventh place, Polkadot, settling at $4.24 for a 5.2% loss. Eighth place, Binance Coin, settling at $23.14 for a 3.2% gain. Ninth place, Bitcoin SV, Satoshi's Vision, settling at $169.48 for a 2.5% loss. 10th place, Litecoin, settling at $47.39 for a 2% loss. All right, Cryptonauts, that is your top 10. We're pretty much in the red. It is what it is. No worries, because we'll bounce back. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's time to buy. It's time to buy up some sats. Your total market cap is at 328.7 billion dollars with a 2.1% loss. Alright, let's get started with your news of the day, crypto news of the day. Alright, Cryptonauts, another friendly reminder, we are using Decrypt.co to get our daily news as well as CoinGecko.com to get our daily stats. Don't forget to collect your daily candies which I did just did right about now all right first news coming in from Sharia Malwa cryptocurrencies rarely used to launder money fiat preferred according to a report by the Society for Worldwide Interbank Financial Telecommunications SWIFT the role of cryptocurrencies in money laundering is overstated and unfounded with fiat money still the most used method for still for such illicit purposes Money laundering remains a grave concern globally. Research from the intergovernmental organization United Nations suggests anything from $800 billion to $2 trillion is laundered via fiat channels each year. But cryptocurrencies are only a small part of the picture. Identified cases of laundering through cryptocurrencies remain relatively small compared to the volumes of cash laundered through traditional methods, said Swift. Last week, the firm provides a communication tool for banks to relay transactional information to each other and is used to conduct billions of dollars in transfers daily. 
Swift said traditional methods like using mules, hawala, front companies, cash businesses, and crime-like drug trades remain at the forefront of money laundering. In contrast, the use of cryptocurrencies is minimal, with even cyber criminals' usage of digital money being few and far between. That said, there are still some take takers for criminal crypto. Swift singled out the infamous Lazarus Group, allegedly run by North Korean hackers to steal money, convert to cryptocurrencies, and root it back to the country as a major hacker group that continues to use cryptocurrencies over fiat. Alright, don't be a criminal, okay? You don't need to do that. You can make a lot of money just investing into crypto itself. Just buy and huddle. You're going to make money. Don't worry about that. Just sit on it. You'll be fine. Next news, written by Sharia Malwa. China prosecutes six key team members of Pulse of Plus token. The People's Procuratorate of Xingxui County in China has started prosecuting the defendants of PLUS token, according to a court filing published Monday. Six key members of the scheme, Sheng Xiaofeng, Liu Xinghao, Liu Qinghai, Jin Xinghai, Wang Yin, and Zhang Quin, were named in the filings on the suspicions of organizing and leading the alleged pyramid scheme. Alright, don't be a criminal. Operators of the now-defunct multi-level marketing firm allegedly spied on gullible investors promising them handsome payouts if they invested in the token and in turn urged others to invest in turn of a small commission. The move came a month after Chinese authorities made 109 arrests in connections to Plus Token, nabbing over 27 members of its core team and 82 other key promoters. At its peak, Plus Token involves more than 2 million participants, whoa that's a lot, with more than 3,000 hi hierarchical relationships with the total value of digital currencies involving exceeding 40 billion yuan, approximately 5.8 billion dollars, per, as per earlier reports. How a wallet app became the biggest scam. Plus Token ran its alleged scheme under the covering of being an instant crypto wallet and interest-bearing application from South Korea. It promised over 10-30% in monthly gains on initial capital to users based on generous referral program. And it worked, until it didn't. Plus Token managed to attract an estimate 3 million users by May 2019, but soon after the users discovered they could not access their funds on the Plus Token platform, which eventually led to them seeking police action. Oh no! <laughs> In July 2019, police arrested six members of the Plus Token team, all rumored to be key prop propagators of the scheme at the time. This blew, this blew open the project's legitimacy and was the start of a manhunt for its Architects. What followed later was a year-long chase ending in last month's arrest. Oh, that's it? Oh, come on. You could have gave me some more. That was... That's the end. Okay, I guess. I was hoping a little more writing on that. Oh, anyways. Next news. Uh, written by Scott Cipollina. Bitcoin price falls below 10000 for third time this, this week. That's okay. When it goes down, it's time to buy up. Alright, the price of Bitcoin has dipped below $10,000 for the third time in four days after the cryptocurrency already broke this psychological figure twice within the last week at the time of writing Bitcoin's current price is $9,940. Yes. See, when, when it went down, I, went, I was watching the market. I don't know about all you cryptonauts, but I was watching the market. I saw it going down, going down, going down. See, I put um, an alert on my, on, my, on my phone when it goes down below $10,000. That's, hey, that's my tip of the day. 
maybe you might want to put an alert when it dips below $10,000 so you can start buying up some sats. And that's what I did. So once it dipped down below 10K, I jumped on the Cash app for the first time and just started buying it up and transferred it over to my other wallet. So, and with the Cash app, it was so quick. Buy it up. Not unlike Coinbase or Gemini, you, you buy it and you gotta wait five days before you can access it. No, not with Cash App. I bought it right then and there, bing, bang, boom, transferred to my wallet, katow, it's all mine. Continuing, on September 5th, 2020, Bitcoin fell below $9,958 before the breaking, uh, breaking the $10,000 barrier before, only to fall back down again two days later to $9,946. But despite the dip, see, actually, did I buy it lower than that? Mm, I did buy it lower than that, actually, so yeah. But despite the dip, Bitcoin is still at one of the highest points in its lifespan, having spent one of its longest periods of consecutive days above the $10,000 mark. Despite the fall, despite the price fall last week, we should remember that Bitcoin is the seventh week of only its third ever extended period above 10K. Philip Gradewell, chief economist at Chain Chainalysis, told Decrypt, apart from the drop below the five-figure mark, the price is relatively stable with only a 0.6% change to the other cryptocurrencies value over the 20, last 24 hours. Other coins like Chainlink have been hit worse. It's down 3.5%. That's not even, that's nothing. When it comes to crypto moves, percentages wise, you know, that's that's 3.5% is nothing. The $10,000 barrier has long been a psychological import, important for Bitcoin. Tyler Winklevoss, founder and CEO of Gemini, said that he was focused on the $10,000 barrier during Bitcoin's first price drop of the week. Remember, when a Bitcoin dips below, let me read that again. Remember, when a Bitcoin dip was well below 10K, now Bitcoin dips are comfortably above 10K. New baseline, Bitcoin is consolidating before its next breakout, Winklevoss said. Hmm. He wasn't the only one to tweet about Bitcoin recently. His new friend and Barstool Sports president, Dave Portnoy, also tweeted the word Bitcoin yesterday, along with a screaming cat emoji. Perhaps he's glad he got out when he did. Hmm. Well, maybe now it's time to buy in. Anyways, next news, because that was... And it seems like these news articles are pretty short. What's up with that? Come on, I wanted a little more than that, but whatever. <clears throat> next news, written by Scott Cipollina. Anonymous credentials are coming to the Cosmos ecosystem. What? <clears throat> NIM, a company that, that is focused on building privacy infrastructure, is bringing anonymous credentials technology to the Cosmos ecosystem, a decentralized network of independent parallel blockchains. <clears throat> privacy has long been a challenge for blockchains since transactions on a blockchain are public. Anyone can view them and blockchain analytics companies can help to identify the people making them. The introduction of anonymous credentials from NIM can let users shield their information, introducing a stronger layer of privacy. Previous anonymous credentials work has always depended on a centralized authority to issue the credentials, even if they're anonymous. You still need, the, you still need that central authority up and online. Harry Haplin, CEO at NIM Technologies, told Decrypt. Centralized credentials would typically only be available when a network's node are up. But on Cosmos ecosystem, NIM credentials will be permanently accessible, he said. Anonymous, anonymous credentials are a way for users to obtain certain credentials or attributes from an issuer on the blockchain without sacrificing any unnecessary privacy. In other words, these credentials represent the difference between a user's providing their exact age or being able to guarantee their age is over 18 without sharing their age or birthday. Hmm. Alright, let me see. 
One advantage of anonymous credentials is, is achieving compliance with K, KYC and AML requirements without requiring the user to provide any unnecessary information. Through the use of NIM credentials, the Cosmos ecosystem can now strike a better balance between regulatory requirements and user demands for privacy, a thin, tight rope to walk down. Ooh, interesting, 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 interesting. Okay, I want to see where that goes. NIM, N-Y-M, NIM. All right, next news is written by Scott Cipollina. Bitcoin's hash rate reaches even greater heights. The Bitcoin hash rate has hit an all-time high according to data from Glassnode. The hash rate measures the processing power of the Bitcoin blockchain. For integrity of the decentralized system to exist, complex mathematical calculations have to take place quickly. As Bitcoins are mined, blocks are verified. Blocks of verified transactions are given a new hash and added to the blockchain. The hash rate has now broken above 140 exahashes per second. It increased from 129 exahashes reached last month. It has been a positive year for the Bitcoin hash rate after start starting at 105 exahashes a second during the first week of January 2020. However, there has been two pitfalls with the hash rate falling to lows of 95 exahashes and 91 exahashes on March 16, 2020 and May 4th, 2020. What does this mean for the price of Bitcoin? When the Bitcoin hash rate increases, there is always talk about whether or not the price increase will follow. This is because there is an expectation that miners will react to rising hash rates by holding onto coins rather than mining new ones. This in turn can put pressure on Bitcoin resulting in a boost to the cryptocurrency's price, which happens every single time. That's what I'm saying. If you're not, if you have not stacked your sats, you better start doing it now because this is it, man. Once the train goes, and say bye bye to that train because it's going to keep going. Um, however, this correlation is not always obvious. This chart from BitInfo chart shows that the price of Bitcoin can rise and fall despite little changes to hash rate. Ingo Fiedler, co-founder of the Blockchain Research Lab, told Decrypt that other aspects such as lending infrastructures, market sentiment, and minor competitions can all have an impact on Bitcoin's hash rate. The the maturing lending market allows miners to borrow more capital at cheaper rates against both their mining pr uh, proceedings and their hardware. This is fostered by the increased Bitcoin price over the past month and the generally more positive market sentiment, Fiedler said. Alright, next news. Written by Andriana Hamacher. Sushi swap victims urged to lawyer up. Prominent cryptocurrency lawyer Preston Briney, Brian, 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 Briney, Brian, Briney, has called out ir irregularities with decentralized finance project Sushi Swap. Sushi Swap. Over the weekend, he advised those who lost money to lawyer up, assuring them that recourse and law was available. There are there are ways he emphasized. <clears throat> SushiSwap is like a yield farming version of a decentralized exchange Uniswap. The protocol took the crypto world at the end of the last month when it became the highest flying unicorn in DeFi. But last weekend, while it took Sushi, while its token Sushi fell from an all-time high to of $11 to $2.38, SushiSwap's pseudonymous creator Chef Nomi cashed out withdrawing $12 million from Sushi's liquidity pool. The community accused him of pulling an exit scam, which he denied. Which, come on, that's a straight up 100% exit scam. 100% exit scam. If you heard, I was, I think yesterday's podcast, we were talking about that. I mean, straight up, come on. I mean, he straight up just told everybody, he's like, hey, I'm just going to take my money, take my millions. You guys can keep the keys and 
and, and, and do what you want with it. But I got mine, I'm out. Cur currently control the protocol and the $1.3 billion lockup in the smart contracts rest with the CEO of the FTX exchange and Alameda Research, Sam Bankman Freed, after Chef Nomi transferred control to him. Previously an in, in arch critic of the project, Bankman Freed is now working with the community to give them power over SushiSwap's future direction. <clears throat> Millions still maintain that uh, maintain that Chef Nomi should return the $12 million he withdrew and Bryony Brian, Brian, is adamant that those who lost funds should file a report with the FBI and lawyer up. In the case of SushiSwap, there are clearly steep losses across the market and likely one source available for recovery. Chef, Lee, Chef Nomi, he told Decrypt, there is only one legitimate way to access those funds and that is by winning a lawsuit. Well, first of all, come on. The lawyer is the one that's going to make all this money because nobody knows who the heck Chef Nomi is. Come on now. Come on, don't be dumb. Don't be dumb. Don't. So unless you know who Chef Nomi is, then there's there's you can probably take some recourse there. But if you don't know who Chef Nomi is, then get yourself a lawyer. Uh, for what? For what? Yeah, maybe somebody can answer that for me. I don't know. Next news, written by Scott Cipollina. Light Knight introduces Bitcoin Lightning rewards to players. What? Satoshi's Games? A web-based gaming platform incorporating cryptocurrencies, he added Bitcoin rewards to Light Knight, a third-person shooter that wants to provide a fun way of using and earning crypto. According to a blog post, the developers have now included 50 special edition treasure hardware wallets to the game for its users. <clears throat> cryptocurrencies and gaming have become closely interlinked, with modern games like Apex Legends and Fortnite offering in-game purchases and customizable loot. Organizations like Satoshi's Games are trying to introduce Bitcoin, as well as other cryptocurrencies, into the industry. Instead of asking players to spend hours earning in-game rewards, Light Knight gives gamers the chance to earn Bitcoin on their on their downtime. The best way for onboarding new masses into Bitcoin is in the gaming sector. Carlos Roldan, CEO and founder of Satoshi's Games, told Decrypt. Light Knight players can earn Bitcoin as soon as they start playing. Using the Lightning Network, you will earn a few Satoshis as instantly as shooting an enemy player or winning a match, deducting those losses from their wallet. What? Satoshi's game said this, this technology also allows players to bypass network costs. Interesting. Interesting, interesting, interesting. <clears throat> Light Knight. Okay, so there you go. Light Knight. Check it out. Light Knight. Alright, next news. Written by Andrew Hayward. Hackers demand Bitcoin ransom for stolen Call of Duty accounts. Activision's Blizzard Call of Duty Warzone has been one of the year's biggest games, launching in March and presenting a battle royale shooter alternative to Epic Games' Fortnite. However, the game's popularity has also made it a bigger target for hackers. Motherboard reports today that hackers have been compromising players' Warzone accounts and they are demanding ransom payments in Bitcoin to return the accounts to the rightful owners. No! While Call of Duty Warzone is free to download and play, Activision Blizzard sells a rotating selection of premium items that players can purchase by buying in-game currency with real cash. Serious players have poured in potentially hundreds of thousands of hours into the game this year, especially during the pandemic, and it's possible that some players have also spent hundreds of thousands of dollars in Warzone as well. No! That can make a user account particularly valuable for hackers, either to sell off to other players who want an account at a higher level 
or with more purchase items included, or to return the original owners in exchange for a ransom payment. Quote, if you want our help to prevent to bleh, if you want our help helps if you want our helps if you want if you wants our helps to prevent to leak your data and information and bank account etc and help to get your account back clarity need pay $400 in below address reads one message from hacker that was relayed to motherboard man first of all these hackers need to learn how to how to write better a Bitcoin address was included okay no so did anybody pay let me see according to publications that address has received 1.2 Bitcoin today just over twelve thousand dollars why 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 well then again they just explained why and if you're paying thousands of hours and spending thousands of dollars maybe you might want to kick kick over a few Bitcoin I don't know man that's uh, man I hope I never get hacked. Please, please, hackers, leave me alone. I don't have nothing. I just have a few little couple of Satoshis. I got two Satoshis. That's all I have, okay? That's all I have. Next news, written by Robert Stevens. Another cryptocurrency exchange gets hacked for millions. No! Hackers have compromi compromised yet another cryptocurrency exchange. This time, it's the small-time Slovakian exchange, Etherbase. Though the amount hackers made off with is nothing to sneeze at. Nearly $2 million. What? Hackers today raided Eaterbase's Eater wallet for Bitcoin, Ethereum, XRP, Tezos, Algorand, and Tron. The exchange reported on, it, on its Telegram channel today. It all adds up to about $1.8 million at current prices according to calculations by Decrypt. Eaterbase is a small crypto exchange that trades about $3 million per day per metric site CoinGecko. Early this morning, hackers managed to get into Eaterbase's hot wallet, i.e. those wallets that are connected to the internet as opposed to cold wallets, which are not. No personal information was stolen, said Nenad Ristic, who handles Eaterbase's social media channels. The funds went to various exchanges. The ETH funds, for instance, went into the US dollar paid stablecoins, Tether, Decentralized Exchange, Uniswap, Non-Custodial Lending Protocol Compound, and Centralized Exchange Binance. Man, that's all bad. That's all bad, bad news, bad news, bad news. A bunch of hackers today, huh? Jeez. Next news, and that's gonna continue to happen. If you don't, if they ah, protect your keys, man, protect your keys. All right. Good thing it was just a hot wallet. It's very hard. It's very difficult to get into a cold wallet unless you. Uh, that would probably be like an inside job if that ever happens. Uh, next news, written by the Defiant. Sushi Swap. What happened? What it means for DeFi and what's next? Decentralized finance is living through what may become one of the most defining moments. In less than 48 hours, a two-week-old upstart will attempt to drain liquidity from DeFi's largest exchange in a never-before attempt of vampire-like attack, which right now has $1.3 billion in token at stake. Here's a quick summary. An anonymous developer copied Uniswap to make SushiSwap, which was meant to be exactly the same, except it added a token, Sushi and token rewards for liquidity providers and token holders. Ten days later, the anonymous dev sold all his sushi for $13 million in ETH and gave up control to the head of the centralized exchange. This CEX CEO is ushering forward SushiSwap's original plan to bootstrap its own liquidity by training Uniswaps. 
From the outside, it may seem like a ridiculous food-themed exit scam, but even if Sushi Swap is tainted by the apparent betrayal of its founder, it represents an emerging model for building and investing in crypto. It may be flawed, early iterations, but it's a new paradigm nonetheless, and those holding to their old ways, at least in this wild west within the wild wild west, will likely have to adapt. <clears throat> Enter Sushi. Some required content. Uniswap works by replacing order books of traditional exchanges with pools of tokens paired with ETH, which guarantees a swap can always happen. Liquidity providers are incentivized with trading fees, and there is no native governance token. SushiSwap was announced on August 26th as an evolution of Uniswap, which added community-oriented features to further benefit the actors involved, namely a token. In Uniswap, trading fees are distributed among LPs, and SushiSwap trading fees plus Sushi token gets distributed to LPs. A portion of the fees also gets converted back to Sushi and distributed to Sushi token holders, so that if an LP stops providing liquidity, they can, they can continue receiving part of the protocol's fees by holding the token. Sushi is also the key to participating in the protocol's governance. Vampire Mining Ooh. But SushiSwap's main innovation was in, in its plan to not only indirectly compete with Uniswap by providing additional incentives, but to directly suck its liquidity through its aptly named scheme, Vampire Mining. To understand the concept of vampire mining, you have to first understand that Uniswap's LPs get a token, which represents their deposits in the DEX. The way for initial participants in SushiSwap to earn Sushi was to deposit Uniswap's LP tokens. These Uniswap LP tokens would then be swapped for the underlying assets so that Uniswap's liquidity would become SushiSwap's liquidity. Oh, that's dirty! It is simply unheard of in the real world to not only copy a business, but to literally steal its clients. DeFi works as an endless interconnected ecosystem because the protocol on it are open source. And because they create things such as Uniswap's LP tokens, which become composable pieces that can be used elsewhere, these features enable SushiSwap and its vampire scheme. Oh man, that's dirty. Vampire Squid grows. SushiSwap was not only able to capture much of Uniswap's LP tokens, it also catapulted to $285 million in Uniswap's to $1.5 billion in just 9 days as traders eager to get their hands on LP tokens to deposit in SushiSwap flowed into the platform. By September 4th, there was $1.8 billion of Uniswap and $1.6 billion of its liquidity tokens in its fishy fork. Hero Nomi <clears throat> SushiSwap founder Chef Nomi had had by this point become a rising star in the DeFi ecosystem. The dev hiding behind the cartoon character Avatar had spearheaded a protocol that was going head to head with DeFi darling Dex. Sure he had outright copy Uniswap, but in a space where open source platform are the norm and, ex and expectation, it was fair game. The hero Aro came from his stated intention to create the people's Dex, where Uniswap was backed by Silicon Valley venture capitalists and led by the centralized team that can be counted with one hand. SushiSwap was owned by and governed by its token holders, aka its community. Sex flirtations. Wow, whoa, hold on. CEX flirtations. <clears throat> Sushi was swiftly listed on centralized exchanges Binance and FTX for contents. Uniswap has been inching its way into the centralized exchange 
market shares which may or may not explain why Binance was so quick to list an upstart meme token issued by a Uniswap competitor. FTX CEO Sam Bankman fried uh, even proposed that the project also be built on Sol Solana, the blockchain where FTX launched its own decentralized exchange, Serum. SushiSwap on Solana would be able to use Serum's order books for liquidity. Okay, Nomi gets cocky. Nomi was feeling confident the devs proposed to do the Uniswap liquidity migration earlier than planned after two audits came through with no major issues and started going after Uniswap's founder Hayden Adams on Twitter. You got grants, you paid yourself NY NYC salary, you have everything, so what do you so what do you com complain? He tweeted, I don't sell any tokens, I pay for gas deployment myself, I distribute everything except funds for development. Actually, I feel very offended. You say I'm an opportunist. The funds for development Nomi reference in the quote above are the 10% of Sushi tokens minted that are allocated to developers building the protocol, which at the which at the moment was just himself. Meanwhile, the recent cryptocurrency rally was faltering and Ether, which had made new highs for the year, dipped below $400 once more for the first day of September. The betrayal Nomi had said I don't sell any tokens by September 5th. The devs funds, which was solely controlled by him, was holding about $13 million worth of sushi, and he traded it all for ETH on Uniswap, no less. There are no secrets in open blockchain. Traders quickly realized the move and sushi's price tanked by more than 70% in one day at $1.20 after Nomi's defection. Following the public outrage, Nomi said he did it because he cares about the community. Though how a 70% plunge in the token's price helps the community is anyone's guess, and transfer the devs funds to a multi-sig contract, a smart contract which requires more than one person to approve transactions. He pledged to continue working with the project, but appeared to backtrack one day later saying he hopes SushiSwap does well without him. SBF swoops in. Sushi holders despaired as SushiSwap appears to flounder in a puddle of soy sauce with no one to pick up the chopsticks. But they didn't have to wait long. SBF swooped in not even one day later, laying out a way forward for Sushi. SBF called Nomi a piece of shit and said the anonymous dev should give up control. And while he didn't explicitly ask for control, he made a clear case for why he should have, have it. He also highlighted that the offer to build another copy of Serum still stands. And if it happens, he would personally return 5 million sushi to the community. SBF detailed in a long Twitter thread how he got involved with sushi, not only because it offered great yields, but also because it showed the promise of DeFi. And he was really excited for the community-owned AMM to prosper. But for all his talk about community and belief in SushiSwap, while it's linked to SBF's firm, Alameda Research had been farming and also heavily dumping sushi tokens, according to Nansen's Seven, what is it? Seven, seven, seven week, seven week. Money talks after all. Man, Nomi transfers control. <clears throat> Regardless, Nomi didn't skip a beat. And on the same day, the founder of the supposedly full decentralized and community-owned Dex made a unilateral decision to transfer control of SushiSwap to SBF. At that point, conspiracy theories of that Chef Nomi and SBF were actually the same person reached. A fever pitch. What? While others continue to argue that Nomi was actually the CTO of data provider Band Protocol, everyone mentioned he denied any link to the disgraced chef. Twitter popularity contest. S SBF made an open. Hold on a second. Let me. I gotta take a. I need. I need some. I need something to drink. Hold on. 
This is getting really interesting. This is like a an episode of Jerry Springer. Twitter popularity contest. SBF made an open call on Twitter for whoever wanted to be part of the multi-sig controlling Swisher Swap. We'll take the top 20 by likes and have a proper vote on them. The key will be transferred to the winners and Sushi shall take back in the community's hands. The top three candidates right now are SBF, Compound Finance Robert Leshner, and Anonymous Early Sushi Shop contributor 0x Mackay. In the two days that have followed the transfer of control, there was also a bug found in the code to drain Uniswap's liquidity. Clock ticking. The bug on the migration code was fixed yesterday at 48, 48 at a 48-hours countdown until SushiSwap attempted to drain Uniswap's liquidity kicked off. With less than two days away from the migration, there is still $1.3 billion of Uniswap's LP tokens sitting in SushiSwap. The token has rebounded from the $1.20 low and is hovering around $2.80. Okay, let's scroll on down a bit more. Ba, ba, ba. It's a different DeFi. DeFi has changed in the space of two short months. Token rewards on steroids, aka yield farm, which compound finance comp sparked the shift. Yearn finance inspiring DeFiers with a 100% community owned token with no ICO, pre sale, or special allocations pushed it further. And Yam, a community owned meme token with, only with the only purpose of farming Yam, opened the floodgates. floodgates. SushiSwap, with its founders that bailed and handed control to the CEO of a centralized exchange, showed it's not as simple as saying community good, BC is bad. The Uniswap team has produced one of the most valuable and useful protocols on Ethereum with venture backing. DeFi likely wouldn't have grown to where it is today without Uniswap, but it also showed that DeFi participants' expectations have changed. Protocols are expected to share governance and revenues with users, and the best way to do that at the moment is with tokens and those who don't adapt are likely to be forked in the case of Uniswap if it's not SushiSwap others will follow the best remedy will likely be its own Uniswap token wow man that's crazy wow I mean who man who wrote this they did a fantastic job this is probably one of the best reads I've read in a while this was who was this the defiant thank you the defiant this was a really good read I loved it Loved it. Man, this should be in a book somewhere. It's part of history. It's technically, it's technically officially part of the blockchain history. It's forever going to be there. And, every, and all you cryptonauts listening, in about a year's time, maybe in a couple months' time, a year's time, there's going to be new people coming in, and you're going to be like, yo, you young folks don't remember the day that DeFi came into the market? I mean, you got... I want to know which cryptonauts out there remember when the Dow hack happened, when that thing just just blew up. That's that's crazy. Anyways, um, next news written by Andrew Hayward. Why the tarnations is Looney Tunes tweeting about Bitcoin? What? Crypto Twitter saw an unexpected participant Tuesday as the official account for Warner Brothers Looney Tunes cartoon franchise tweeted, Elmer asked me if I owned any Bitcoin like it's 2017 or something. Baffled, dumbfounded. Join the party. Since at least April, the Looney Tunes account has been under the com command of an intern from Acme, the fictional corporate entity from the classic cartoons who often share what could be described as soft-edged shitpost in search of reactions. 
It's an approach that has worked well for other brand accounts, including Sonic the Hedgehog, Moon Pie, and Steakums. Although, without the context, it's bound to come across as perplexing, or perhaps a desperate and misguided attempt at cultural relevance re from a brand best known for its work more than a half a century ago. In any case, it can't help but recall the infamous moment last summer in which the official Chuck E. Cheese brand account waded into crypto Twitter, responding to a tweet about Bitcoin and Chuck E. Cheese tokens with the comment, to each his own fake currency. Ooh, man, that's a punch to the gut. Expectedly, not all Bitcoiners took the joke lightly and ultimately probably do do more to the pandemic than annoyed hodlers. Chuck E. Cheese's parent company filed for bankruptcy this past June and will close stores. Oh, really? I didn't know that. So Chuck E. Cheese is going, oh man, Chuck E. Cheese should have been gone a long time ago. I, I, you know, I remember as a kid, I used to go to Chuck E. Cheese and it was nice, but that place just turned ghetto. It's bad. It's horrible. It's wretched. Wrecked? Wretched? Wretched. Wretched. It's nasty. Twitter users Crypto Cronkites was quick to make the connection with today's Looney Tunes tweet, replying, Congrats, you just cursed yourself. Say hi to Chuck E. Cheese in hell. <laughs> good luck good luck in the replies Acme intern. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Ah jeez. Okay. Next news. Ouch. That burns. Next news. Written by Andrew Hayward. Brave Browser now protects you from crypto phishing scams. Brave, the privacy-centric web browser that blocks ad tracking and awards users its basic attention token, which this is what I'm using right now. I'm using the Brave Browser to read news articles from Decrypt.co to get your daily stats from, from CoinGecko.com. I'm using the Brave Browser, and guess what? I am earning bat tokens, and I highly recommend you check it out. Or if you actually if you want to donate some bat tokens, I highly appreciate that as well. Anyways, uh, Brave, the privacy-centric web browser that blocks ad trackings and award users its basic attention token, announced today that it has further beefed up its security with the addition of anti-phishing tools. The browser now implements the open-source technology of Fishfort, an anti-phishing and brand protection firm. Fishfort is already partnered with crypto companies such as Binance Labs and MyEtherWallet and has been at the forefront of detecting, detecting and spreading the word about Web3 phishing scams. For example, Fishfort has been writing about the rise of scam decentralized apps that claim to be the real thing, aiming to fool users into giving up their credentials in the process. Be careful what you download, okay? Be very careful. Anyways, so I don't, I don't think I need to read the rest of that. Next news. Written by Alexander Bechfrenz. DeFi race is Ethereum's to lose, says crypto companies. Ah. And nothing better than a refreshing beverage on a very hot day, California day. Fees may be high and competitors may be gaining traction, but the top DeFi products don't see Ethereum losing its industry dominance anytime soon. 
In a new survey conducted by cryptocurrency market data provider CryptoCompare, more than 60% of respondents from Ethereum-based DeFi projects said they strongly disagree that Ethereum would be overtaken by a competing protocol as a number one DeFi network within the next three years. It's a vote of confidence for the Ethereum network and a counterpoint to the idea that competitor blockchains with improved transactions throughput and or less costs will be able to build out their own DeFi offerings before ETH 2.0 scaling arrives. Which, come on, I mean, seriously, when is ETH, Ethereum 2.0 coming out? Is it ever coming out? Is it ever going to come out? You know, now that we're on this topic, I was thinking about this actually earlier today. If it does come out, this is, this is what I'm voting on right here. This is what I'm going to say right now. If it does come out, it's going to be a fork. Regardless if Vitalik Buterin wants a fork or not, which most likely he doesn't want, want it to fork because he wants to keep all the money you know, on ETH 2.0. Wherever he goes, I'm sure he wants all his money to go. He doesn't want it to fork, right? Obviously, who, who wants that? But proof of work is a big, big thing all around the globe. And a lot of miners are going to want to stay mining. And I'm almost positive that ETH, Ethereum, I guess, uh, uh, well, is it technically the original Ethereum? It's, it's, the, the current Ethereum is technically a fork of the original Ethereum, which Ethereum Classic is the original Ethereum. Whatever. It's going to be like Ethereum, what, Ethereum 2020? <laughs> Anyways, uh, continuing on. Uh, so like I was saying, it's going to be a, it's going to be a fork. That's what I think. E2.0 and Ethereum. The Crypto Compare survey spoke with representatives from TokenSwap and pooling protocol balancer DeFi insurance provider Nexus Mutual and Swap Protocol to Kyber Networks. Other respondents include representatives from Augur, Argent, DDEX, Loopring, and Staked. Respondents also weighed in on the importance of security for the growth of DeFi in the coming years. Half of those surveyed said security was 10 out of 10 concern for the DeFi industry, and no respondents gave it a priority below 8. There was some disagreement on how best to protect the growing DeFi user base. 75% of respondents thought that outside regulations wouldn't be necessary for the industry to reach mainstream adoption. Furthermore, while about 40% thought it was utmost importance for DeFi protocols to offer it insurance protection for potential loss of user funds, other ranked it a 3 out of 10 in terms of priority. Just protect your keys, man. Just protect your keys. That's all you gotta do, right? Just protect your keys, right? And don't download anything that you don't know, okay? You don't want no scams going on right next news read by Jose Antonio Lance these 10 countries lead the world in Bitcoin adoption I'm sure China's on there right China's leading it by a lot if crypto adopt if cryptocurrency adoption is making oh, actually what would, so what would it be it would be Russia I'm just thinking Russia hold on I'm not looking Russia United States China Japan um, shoot that's just four <laughs> Uh, let's see what they say here. Okay, 10 nations. According to the news reports from blockchain research firm Chainalysis, of the 10 nations where cryptocurrency used high, uh, its highest, only two are even developed economies, China and the United States. Okay, so what are the other ones? Hold on, I want to scroll down quickly now. All right. Ooh, whoa, really? Wow. 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 Okay, 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 okay. I gotta read this. I gotta read this to you. Here's a chart from one to ten. Okay. 
one being the what is that the most the most used yeah and 10 being the the least used of the top 10 all right so these are the top 10 starting off with ukraine oh, i wasn't gonna think of that ukraine russia okay call that venezuela i didn't think about that but that i should that should have been it too because i remember they had a big surge because of their economy what what they're going through china of course same thing um kenya oh actually kenya there's a lot of development going on in kenya if you're looking if if, if you're trying to be an entrepreneur you better move to kenya right now okay kenya i mean kenya that's where it's happening right that's where it's happening if you missed the whole china rage a few years back you know the china boom the kenya boom is happening right now move to kenya you're gonna be a millionaire all right if you're willing to take that risk it's happening now anyways so uh next was what number six united states of america number seven south africa south africa is booming as well uh nigeria i don't know about nigeria number eight uh number nine colombia and number 10 vietnam so uh interesting how interesting how interesting uh, these are all developing nations uh, wow yeah that's pretty cool that's pretty cool i didn't know that that's really nice uh let's see the firm's data lines up with that of independent research Matt Alborg, founder of Bitcoin analytics site Useful Tulips. Alborg had previously noted that Africa and Latin America are currently showing huge growth in interest in cryptocurrencies such as Bitcoin. Venezuela, Colombia led crypto adoption in Latin America. In Latin America, for instance, it is Venezuela and Colombia that currently leads the way in terms of Bitcoin trading volume, according to data from Useful Tulips, as well as crypto adoption as defined by Chainalysis. Venezuela, in particular, attracted Chainalysis' attention since current geopolitical conditions make it an almost perfect case study for the ecosystem. Venezuela represents an excellent example of what drives cryptocurrency adoptions in developing countries and how citizens use it to migrate economic instability, the firm wrote. Our data shows that Venezuelans use cryptocurrency more when the country's native fiat currency is losing value to inflation, the report read, suggesting that Venezuelans turn to cryptocurrency to preserve savings they may otherwise lose. Colombia, meanwhile, ranks ninth in the world of crypto adoption despite strict regulations that govern the industry in the country and act as a bottleneck for wider acceptance. Lawmakers in Colombia, however, are actively working to make the country more Bitcoin friendly, attempting to ease regulations that limit trading and other activities. The rising number of Bitcoin ATMs and payment fintechs in Colombia may also be a signal to foreign investors, developers, and entrepreneurs that the region is primed for a crypto boom. Yes, 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 yes. All right, next news, written by Jeff Benson. Sia once blasted Ethereum for foundation. Now it wants one. Okay. Just over three years ago, CEO co-founder David Vorick took to Medium to pen an ethos for the decentralized cloud storage network. In it, he called out Ethereum Foundation for inserting too much centralized control into what was meant to be a decentralized blockchain. Today, however, to counter sluggish growth, CIA proposed creating its own foundation. Oh no! <laughs> oh, okay, going back on your word. The basic pre uh, uh, premise of SIA, launched by Nebulos Inc. in 2015, is, the most is that most people don't need all that hard drive space they have. 
just as someone might rent out an extra room on Airbnb. They can sell that hard drive space on SIA for SIA coin. Boom! Decentralized storage. There you go. SIA. If you got so so check it out. Um, if you have a few extra terabytes sitting around on your computer and you want to earn some cryptos, this is probably the safest way you can do it and make a little profit. Instead of, you know, revving up your, your CPU or your GPU and just frying those things, your your hard drive, I mean, I mean, they're so affordable too. You can buy one for like 50 bucks, a couple terabytes for like 50 bucks, right? It's not that bad. You can make some good coin off of that. But despite several network performance around the concept, including storage and Filecoin, which, okay, there it is, storage. That's what I use, storage, um, back in the days, see, but, I mean, I'm still holding a few storage in my wallet. I just can't move it because it requires Ethereum, and I don't have any, any, uh, just Ethereum sitting around. I'm waiting for it to go down a bit so I can buy a little, little more so I can move that storage out of there. And I try to convert it as well, but, you know, the thing about storage, Oh, by the way, here's here's the thing. Uh, thing about storage and other cryptos, be very careful with the available liquidity on the market. Okay, if you're gonna start mining this stuff, pay attention to the liquidity. If there's available liquidity on the market, then it's worth mining and trading on the on on, on the exchange. See, what I did was maybe it's different right now, but when I was trying to trade it, there was no available liquidity available to buy my storage token at all. Because everyone wanted to keep their ether. Nobody wanted to swap my storage for ether. Everyone was like, nope, keep your storage. We're keeping ether and earning high interest because of DeFi. So I'm stuck with storage for the time being until things change in the future. Anyways, continuing on. Uh, where are we at? But despite several networks forming around the concept, including storage of Filecoin, decentralized storage hasn't found much of a foothold in the blockchain world. Sia coin is currently trading for less than a cent according to CoinMarketCap and its 24-hour trading volume is in the low 3 million range. That said, it still ranks within the top 75 cryptocurrencies in terms of market cap with $142 million, meaning there's some value to the proposition. In May 2017, when CS market cap was just beginning its first big boost in interest, a month-long climb to $522 million, co-founder David Vorick explained the company's ETH in a medium post Bitcoin. Vorick said, is incredible because it operates in the absence of trust. He aspired to make Sia stand apart from other altcoins by ensuring it held tight to the decentralized MO. Gore contrast this with the Ethereum Foundation, which he said, <clears throat> which he said, quote, <clears throat> has taken full control of the protocol future, including the rights to make sweeping changes to things such as the consensus algorithm, the coin supply, and even chain rollbacks. Most devs in the altcoin ecosystem maintain the same amount of control, which means users of this decentralized ecosystem typically end up placing absolute trust in the dev team. This is not what we want for Sia. The problem he insists that's actually absolutely true, 100% true, 100%. Even though it's decentralized, it's not technically decentralized because the developers can always just, just change the code. They, I mean, they, they created it, they can change the code. See, that's the beauty about Bitcoin, all right? Okay, that's, that's, that's where I'm like, 
the, the, the nail in the coffin, bam, that's that's the whole thing about Bitcoin is that yeah, there's 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 developers improving Bitcoin, but you can't technically really I don't know, roll it back. I mean, unless you have the whole world, all these miners all around the world, big mega centers all around the world, giga centers all around the world, making that ultimate decision. Yeah, let's go, we're gonna roll back. You no, know, that it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen, man. Now with Bitcoin, okay, and and it can't really be manipulated because so unless Satoshi Nakamoto exists somewhere, maybe the code can be changed. Then I don't know. Anyways, that's for another day. Fast forward to today. Sia's other co-founder, Luke Chapin, posted a proposal to Reddit calling for the creation of the Sia Foundation. With Chapin as president, though posted by Chapin, the proposal refers to we throughout suggests that it comes from the entire Sia team and or Nebulos. The foundation would theoretically play a large role in pushing the Sia blockchain forward, but to fund it, Champion proposes a hard fork of the of the protocol. Each block reward will be doubled to the current rate of 30,000 SEA coins, roughly $94, so that an additional 30,000 goes to the foundation to a foundation fund. There will also be one a one-time transfer of 1.5 1.57 billion SEA coins after the hard fork. In other words, Champion et al. are proposing expanding the coin supply annually, inflation by for 2021 could run as high as 10.4%, though the proposal calls for capping the amount in the fund at 5% of total supply and burning any unused coins. Uh, I don't know. See, I said this, oh, I don't know, when did, when did I say this? I think I said it last week. The biggest issue with developers is that they don't have money. Okay, the reality is that they're there is no money that goes to the developers okay that's that's why they want to create a foundation so that there's a there that so that there's money going to them so they can continue the building these are human beings investing hundreds of hours okay i've when i used to do uh, meetups here in silicon valley a lot of these developers they don't sleep i mean once they get going they get going and they get burned out and somebody has to step in and, and take control of the coding thereafter there has to be money available to pay developers to come in and continue the project if somebody gets burned out because we're all human beings developers are human beings they're not robots they need to pay bills they have families they they got to eat they got to pay for gas they got to pay for the building their offices that, the, that that they work in heck no joke no joke this is 100% true all the developers that i know at one point or another have stayed the night even multiple nights in their office working on code. Why? Because they stayed there for 20 hours. What's the point of going home and coming back for uh, after four hours? There's, there's no way. I, I've, I've talked to developers that have done that over and over again. I literally would walk into the office getting ready to do my meetups and I would see developers just passed out on the chair. Not because they're lazy, but because they've been up for multiple days trying to finish up the code for a deadline. And I mean, whether they did it or not, that's 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 on them. I didn't I didn't snoop in on that, but it's 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 hard, and and it's not really encouraging that there's no money helping these people move forward comfortably in their life. 
So to make a foundation, that's my argument for that. Making a foundation, I, I'm kind of sour about it in a way because oh, they want to take a big chunk. But at the same time, is it really a lot to pay for a group of developers to continue a good, good, okay, this is a good, a good project. Something that's going to last way longer than 10. This SIA protocol is going to last way beyond 10 years for sure. Okay, this money needs to last 10 years and beyond. All right, so that's 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 what this is all about. Sorry for my rant. Anyways, uh, so that's just hopefully a little insight for all the cryptonauts out there, just to have a little opening and understanding of what all this means. All right, they're not trying to steal people's money. They're not trying to trying to make their their pockets even deeper. No, no, they're they're trying to just make ends meet. That's what they're trying to do. All right. Next news. Last news written by Jeff Benson. Bitcoin mining company spends $10 million to buy back shares. What? Last November, Kanan, the Chinese company that makes computer chips and other hardware for Bitcoin mining rigs, priced its shares at $9 on the NASDAQ stock exchange as part of a $90 million initial public offering. Now, with the price below $2 and near an all-time low, the company will spend up to $10 million to buy back shares. According to the Oh man, you dirty. You dirty. Why you gotta do that? Why you gotta do that? Man. According to the company press release, the number of man, you dirty. Oh man. According to the company press release, the number of American depository shares repurchased at the at the timing of repurchase. Repurchases will depend on the number of factors, including, but not limited to, price, trading, trading volume, and general market conditions, along with Canaan's working capital requirements and general business condition. Canaan's unaudited second quarter financial results released last week shed some light on the hardware's market uh, makers' thinking. It reported year-over-year -year decrease in total computing power sold and total net revenue of 18.2% and 26.3%, respectively. At the time, CEO Nanjen Zhang blamed the decline on the COVID-19 pandemic and Bitcoin price volatility associated with the Bitcoin halving in May when block reports for mining were cut in half. The COVID-19 outbreak, which origi originated in China, was already trending downward there by February. <coughs> downward there by February before the pandemic in the U.S. as much as the rest of the world had yet spiked. That helps explain why Canaan's April through June earnings seemed just fine. Quarter over quarter net revenue was up 160.9% to $25.2 million. CFO Kwang Fu Hong said, looking ahead, we will continue to invest in those areas that can strengthen our product offerings, streamline our operations, and solidify our market leadership. He added that the company was confident in the underlying strength of our fundamentals and optimistic about the long-term growth prospects of our business. If that's true, with the share price hovering at low levels and Chinese industry emerging from the pandemic, now is the time for Canaan to invest in itself. Well then, Canaan, I applaud you for making, I guess that would actually probably most likely be a good move. You know, yeah. <laughs> Suck for the people that invest into, into you, but uh, smart move on you. Just trying to stay above water, right? That's what we're all trying to do. Anyways, Cryptonauts, 
that is the last news of the day. That was fun. Thank you for listening. Oh, jeez. Wow, I'm already out of time. I got to get out of here. Um, wow, I didn't realize. I didn't realize I'm... I, this is the first time I've actually maxed out my, my recording time. Anyways, Cryptonauts. Um, I have a few for referral links. Check them out. Um, with that said, I'll catch you, I'll catch you all next time. Adios! Until next time, adios. Bye.